0: okay and let's see i think i see oh yeah there we go we got the gameplay going here what's going on everyone and thank you for dropping by tonight for the xbox roundtable podcast this is show number 221 the place for xbox related talk and more on sunday nights of course, I'm your host, Invader, and I gotta say that we've got an awesome show planned for you tonight for our wonderful listeners. For tonight, we're gonna cover quite a few things. E3 is officially cancelled. We'll give you our thoughts on if the show will ever make a comeback. As well, PlayStation finally revealing its new revamped subscription service. We'll dive into that and, well, you know, a few other Topics to say the least. But of course, we need to get to the panel introductions. Starting off with General MLD Bud, great to see you here. How you been?
1: Hey, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Uh recently just uh sunk my teeth into Crusader Kings 3, uh just released on Game Pass. And boy is that game complicated. (laughs) Yeah, I, I hit a roadblock, but I'm gonna try and you know watch some videos online, try and just push through it and because it keeps saying it. Once you do push through it, it's a lot better and a lot rewarding. So, yeah, that's what I've been doing so far.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I've been meaning to. I'm um, probably gonna download it after the show tonight. Uh, would you recommend it for like console players that are interested in RTS?
1: Well, it, it's uh, if you're familiar with Civilization or even other Paradox games like Stellaris. Uh, it's a big time sink, but if you're willing to put in the time for for like a real time strategy game, yeah, then yeah, this is the game for you.
2: What game is this?
1: Uh, Crusader Kings Three. Okay. Yeah, like you're like you're basically managing your own medieval kingdom and all the politics and uh, that come with it. So it's very, very, very interesting.
2: Oh, so it's like world governments of today.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. <laughs>
2: Did we ever come out of the dark ages of government? I'm just wondering. Oh we'll
1: no, see.
0: <laughs> no, unfortunately not. But uh, yeah, it's it's funny when you uh, when you say that, Centurion. But yeah, it's a title that I've been keeping my eye on and kind of curious with how it does on console. So I will certainly be checking that out. I do love my RTS's. Uh, moving on over, Eric Shockley, bud. Hey, how you doing? Uh, have you gotten into any gaming over the past week?
3: Yeah, just been running through uh, some uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land uh, this weekend. So definitely one of the better Kirby games for sure. Um, I didn't pick up the last one because it seemed pretty shallow. The other one, first one on the Switch, uh, but this one's pretty dope. The co-op's really cool. Um, that's been a lot of fun. That's what I've just been playing it as. It's just a straight co-op with the wife. So, um, but yeah, definitely pick it up. Boss battles are pretty fun. So, yep, definitely. Uh, I would say this one's definitely worth, worth the price. Kind of like a Kirby meets, you know, Mario Odyssey size game. So, all right, good, uh, good lengthy, uh, decent platformer. So, well,
0: yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I was uh, talking to, uh, you know, the guys before the show, and that's one title that I will probably be getting sometime this next week because it's, you know, I like Kirby. I like three D platformers. Nintendo does a pretty good job at them, obviously. So. I really want to see what they're doing. I just can't believe that this is Kirby's first 3D iteration. It just seems like a no-brainer to have done it a long
3: time ago. So, yeah, closest thing had been like the one on uh N64. This it reminds me of this one or that one a lot. Uh you don't get to mix the mix abilities, but you can upgrade the abilities and they get really crazy and cool uh kind of like in that game. Uh if you ever played the uh 64 version, so
0: okay. All right, good to know. Well, uh, yeah, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to playing it. Uh, moving down the list here, Century Impel. how's things?
2: Oh, man, how's things? Well, it's Sunday night. It's time for TXR, time to talk games, Xbox, everything in between. And, man, it's been a good week. Lots of great topics, tons of drama breaking out on social media. And, hey, I finally completed Dying Light too.
0: Holy crap. So between drama, politics, and you got through Dying Light 2. Wow, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, speaking of drama and politics, there is definitely a lot of drama and politics (laughs) in Dying Light 2. Uh, They make you pick, like... there is was very interesting on some of the choices you had to make and how they affected the game and just overall, but I will definitely say... I'm glad that they have a roadmap outlining that there's going to be DLC for this game because I just feel that it kind of like ended very abruptly. It did catch me. Like, I mean, like I was playing the game. I did all the side quests that I could find anyways. And I get to this door and all of a sudden you touch the door and it's like, caution proceeding past this point, we'll start the epilogue of the game and you should do everything you can before this point. And I'm just like, wow, that was a lot sooner than I thought it would happen.
0: All right, good to know yeah i've been uh I mean you were talking to me about dying light like the original for forever now you got dying light too uh so overall does it it meets your expectations, yeah,
2: I say it met my expectations. it felt like dying light too, um definitely the zombies were there, but they definitely evolved the series by having a much more heavy role of um Obviously encountering people in other words, that's why it's called st- uh, stay human because there is a much more Larger human element in it and that's where you have the politics of the different factions Um and but that's where I mean like at it's like kind of like in the original Dying Light 2 you didn't go out at night When you first started the game if you did you were like Bolting everywhere because you didn't want to be seen or anything In this game, it's more like learning to just live the lifestyle. And that's where they, you know, people have been living like this for a while now. During the day, you can go out. During the night, if you're looking to get into the buildings that have good loot in them, you got to wait till night for all the zombies to come out because they're very UV sensitive. And then you got to sneak into the building and loot the place while they're outside feeding and, you know, obviously get out of there before you're even noticed. So they've definitely uh, changed up the gameplay loop, and at least I enjoyed my experience.
0: All right, good to know. I'm sure uh, a few of the guys in the chat would agree with you on that.
4: And let's see, Crusader. Bud, how you been? I've been real good. So anyone who follows me knows that I lucked into getting a 3080 Ti, so I spent all day Thursday assembling uh, the desktop of I've got too much power. Um, and I uh, have been spending most of today setting, resetting up my uh, Skyrim mods. So I'm stress testing the new PC with modded Skyrim.
0: All right, all right, well... You know, I hope everything works out for you there. I uh I remember you uh posted in the group DM uh you know, some pictures of uh the hall. So uh Yeah. I, I can yeah. tell how excited you were. So Oh uh, I,
4: I was I was so excited when everything came and uh I almost couldn't get everything to fit in the case that I got. In fact I thought I was gonna have to order a new case and disassemble the whole thing while I was building it. It was uh Almost defeating. And then I I figured out if I I moved a couple things around and switched some positions of some stuff, I could just barely get it all to fit.
0: All right. Well, good stuff, man. I'm glad you were able to fit everything in. I know that it can be a little uh, time consuming and, uh, you know, a little uh, tiresome trying to do that. So I'm glad everything worked out there. Uh, all right, and just so everyone knows, Tim Dogg should be making it tonight. He's uh running a little bit behind, but he should be uh coming in in well, a little while, anyways. Um, guys, a reminder to everyone tuning in that we are available on a large number of audio services Apple Podcasts, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and loads more. If you can't tune in live and you prefer to be on the go, then hey, maybe just you know. Check out these uh, different audio platforms. Again, there's boatloads of them. Just check the uh, description as well. And hey, just look us up. We're on a wide array of these suckers. So hey, definitely subscribe to us and check us out for your TXR on the go. Okay, well, why don't we break into our first topic for the night. And after months of talk and rumors, PlayStation have finally announced an upgrade to the PlayStation Plus subscription service it combines the traditional PlayStation Plus with PlayStation Now streaming. It's just called PlayStation Plus, you know, just keep retaining that name, but now it's broken up into three price tiers, those being Essential, Extra, and Premium. The service will see this update in June, and I'm sure everyone here has thoughts on this update. We've been it's been hinted at for a while, but I'll start off with General MLD. But again, we've been anticipating this move for a while now. What do you think of these changes? Uh, does it compete with Xbox Game Pass? Do you think it's good? Do you have any criticisms? Please dive right in here.
1: Oh, yes. Well, we've been. It's finally good to actually have this official now. We've been talking back and forth on Twitter at least. For weeks now based on all these Spartacus rumors and in the end I think Sony had to do this PS now has been around since what 2014 and has only I managed to get what 3 million subscribers so from one reason or another the name just doesn't stick so why not just you know you gut it put it onto PlayStation Plus and see if that better name recognition does help those numbers go up So I can see the business sense in that. It is a smart move, but then you actually look at what it is and they they say and the fans say that it's not a Game Pass competitor, but I mean, who, who are we kidding the Xbox and PlayStation? They are each other's like primary competition. The fans like both hardcore gamers and casuals alike. They will inevitably compare the two just because and when you do that, it's clear that they're not really trying as much as they maybe should. Like Game Pass, clearly Xbox, they're the they're, they're the hungry ones this generation. They're the ones that have the uphill battle to gain back a lot of market share from last generation. So they're the ones that are really eager now. Whereas PlayStation, they're more like they're they're trying, but in the end, they know their they know their market position. They'll try, they'll add features as they need to. I feel like, but I mean, going through it now. The PlayStation Plus first tier is just what it is. It's what we all know. PlayStation Plus. It's the multiplayer paywall with deals on the store, stuff like that. But the extra, it's what? A hundred bucks and you get the PS4 and PS5 games. About 400 of them. And that's okay. I mean, I feel like a lot of people online say that's the most uh, uh, desirable tier, I think. It's like the sweet spot, I think. Not as as much as to say like the $120 Game Pass uh, catalog is, but... Yeah, again, moving on. Then you got the premium, which is basically this is the controversial one because people don't really see the value for money here. Essentially, it's just demos and um, back yeah, backwards compatibility. I mean, they finally did it, but uh, I think a large part large parts of them are st- only streamable only, and yeah, you got to pay the highest tier to even have access to them, which is rubbing a lot of gamers the wrong way. So, I mean, that's what it is. It's not, yeah. It's not a competitor. It's not as good, but it is. I guess you could say PlayStation Plus got an upgrade. I guess, but the value aspect, there, there's no contest. Like we, are, we still have by far the best deal. By far, the biggest differentiator is day one titles, and as we've seen with t- the 2021 Metacritic scores of Xbox Studios games launching day one on Game Pass has not impacted the quality of the games. and there, that Sony or the fans say is just false. Xbox is maintaining quality. If anything, the quality went up. They won the Metacritic uh, publisher of, of the year, like last year. I think they had the highest Metacritic average of any publisher of all time on Metacritic. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, exactly. So, like, So we are still the ones to beat. We still have by far the best deal, but at least Sony's trying. So at least they're getting there. But it's just funny all the narratives you see online how all of a sudden PlayStation Plus is now beating Game Pass and this is it always irritates me. I try to hide the irritation, but they're 40 the vast majority are just paying for the multiplayer paywall only 3 million are actually subscribers. But now they feel like they can now lump it all in together, which is the the weirdest little narrative pivot. But yeah, that that's my little rant on that. Overall, yeah, it's better, but I think we still uh we're still on top. Mhm.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's different ways to look at this MLD. Uh, it's interesting that they break it up into three tiers, but probably the glaring—I mean, there's a couple of glaring omissions, and one is that again, the PlayStation Three—it's uh, games—it's only available uh, as streaming, if I'm not mistaken. Correct
1: or? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, yeah cloud streaming only because of the cell processor, right? It was just. So hard to program for there was zero hindsight for future proofing at the time. And here we are. Cause uh, they can't, yeah, it's apparently it's just super difficult to make them natively it's, download downloadable.
2: It, it, it's not difficult. They're just being damn right lazy. There's, oh, I know. <laughs> there's talented individuals that do that crap for free on the PC. So if somebody can do it at home for free as a hobby, I'm pretty sure a multi-billion dollar company can find a good developer to actually do it properly.
1: Yeah, you think so <laughs> but yeah here we are so is what it is
0: yeah no totally and i love centurion's uh passion coming out uh buddy please uh, interject here uh tell me your thoughts how you feel about this because uh yeah it is interesting that i mean they're not going to go with even any like emulators here for the premium edition it's just uh streaming which i understand you know combining these services and i think that that in itself is good but it's just man it sucks that you can't play these games natively
2: so what
0: i'm about to say
2: let's just put it to the side for a second that yes I dress I dress up as a mass character for fun and wear a giant Xbox logo gold that's just like diamond encrusted like I may be an Xbox fan but I'm gonna tackle this from uh, uh, the consumer perspective and at least my perspective in establishing value because I have to help the business I work for in my actual real life you know, establish value on the products they sell because they constantly compete with other people who are trying to put them out of business. I work in a very competitive, very cutthroat industry. Um, Let's start with PlayStation Plus Essential. Includes multiplayer access, two monthly downloaded games. So we're already putting a a number on how many downloaded games you're going to get. So that means you're getting two, not three, not four, two. That means we are already stripping you of getting Games.
4: So um, let's can mm-hmm. I interject at that real quick? Currently mm-hmm. PS plus also only says two, even though they are giving more.
1: Right. Um
4: they never they they've never changed the the actual listing to include the the extra PS five game. That was something I learned when, when I put that out there and, and discussed that, is that they've never actually stated you'd get more than two at any given time
2: now but why is sony doubling down on the statement either they have i'm not trying to interrupt you forgive me but there's a reason why they're doubling down on that statement and bringing it back up they've been they've not acknowledge that for a very long time. Kudos on them, but there's a reason why they're doubling down on that statement because they probably do have intentions in the future to probably start coming uh, cutting back on some of the game offerings for free games. If, Which
4: if I had you to guess, they'll be dropping PS4.
2: It, it, and that's what I'm thinking eventually. Yeah. And if you really want me to be blunt, I'm sorry, but even Xbox's offerings for free games have been a little paltry. Mm. Playstations are starting to go that direction. It seems like the concept of giving out free games for the subscription service is slowly, slowly starting to not drive the, the, the concept of people wanting to subscribe. And so they've kind of let it fall to the way, wayside on both sides. Um, The big one that's for me, at least on the PlayStation Plus Essential, which is the biggest amount of BS ever, is cloud storage for save games. This is a concept and a uh, a caveat and also amenity that Xbox gives to its consumers free of charge for no extra price. Um, It's absolutely amazing to be able to go out right now if I feel like it and buy an Xbox console of my choosing – And when I turn that thing on and sign in, it's going to sync all my data from my account. Revolutionary, in my opinion. Now, um, obviously, we're going into, obviously, uh, MLD talked about the PlayStation Plus Extra. I would have to say that's probably the sweet spot right there. Um, Everybody is already used to paying $15 a month. Um, It actually seems like a good... Uh, starting point for PlayStation to create that PlayStation Plus extra. And I really think that's where a lot of people are going to be getting uh, their subscription at. Um, but it's that game streaming thing. Obviously, we just, ta- uh, I made a comment on it. Um, it's really not hard for people who are at home as hobbyists to create an emulator to run a PS3 game. And for some reason, Sony acts like it's the hardest thing in the world but we are also talking about the company that used a lot of bubble gum and duct tape in creating their online network. Um, And so um, that's where I kind of chuckle at how PlayStation has just danced around this backwards compatibility thing. And if you want my honest opinion, this subscription service sounds exactly like Game Pass when when it first came out, which is why I did not buy into Game Pass for at least... I want to say six to 12 months. I think it was actually almost a full 12 months before I finally bought into Game Pass. And to prove that, I bought Sea of Thieves physically. I bought. Um, stated to Decay 2 physically. I have a lot of games from the first year of Game Pass physically because that was my preferred, my preferred mindset was I'm just gonna continue buying my games as usual because there's nothing in Game Pass to really make me wanna buy in. And then Microsoft changed their tune, started putting everything in there day and date and all this other stuff. Started Coming out with uh, the perk system for being part of game pass rewards ultimate Some games even come like gears 5 comes with all the ultimate DLC and stuff like that Um, there was a lot of perks that made me buy in and I feel like Microsoft has not stopped They have been the train that cannot be stopped when it comes to um, what they can offer in their subscription service and if PlayStation doesn't want to compete on that level then yeah, they created a product that is not going to compete with Game Pass. Period. End of story. And that's where I feel they're probably gearing this more for multiplayer. I explained that last week. I told Invader that I just really feel that they're going to be using their subscription service more as games as a service to keep people... Because, you know, what more could you want? Would you rather have free-to-play games like Halo Infinite where you just go play the game for free... Or you somehow create a model where the person constantly plays a monthly subscription fee to play what would other be a free-to-play game.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, in the chat uh, related to what you're saying, Carlos uh, said something very telling, and I agree with him, that they have to put their games-as-a-service games on PC and launch them day and date. Uh, Not wanting to cut the player base, PlayStation is testing the waters on their subscription service, they're seeing how many people will bite and I'll be honest, I agree, especially when you look at they bought Bungie recently and Bungie is, uh, well, basically turned themselves into a huge games as a service and they're developing uh, more titles in the pipeline from the sounds of it that are geared towards that. And I have a feeling more of their acquisitions will be based around maybe those types of titles because, again, you need to, uh, you know, especially with how they're proposing uh, PlayStation Plus here with their tier system, uh, games as a service games would work very well in this system. Um, yeah, there's lots to bite into here. But just to add on to what you're saying as well, since you're in, uh, you know, Xbox, you know, with Game Pass Ultimate, we have access to PC titles. And, you know, you can just download them natively onto the PC. And, you know, there's no nothing cloud-related there. I mean, again, you're paying, again, granted, I mean, you brought up the Perk system. I mean, that's nice for, again, the Xbox guys. But, you know, that also transfers over to the PC. Plus, again, those day one games on the PC and whatever third-party games they have. Not to mention the fact that Xbox is partnered with EA Play. They have access to those games. And, well, I mean, we already know about Ubisoft and Xbox have some kind of a deal. We still don't know the details of that, but they have something going on there. Um, Just Xbox has a much grander scale of things going on for them. That, you know, it's not just the console itself, but the ecosystem um, shock buddy. I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Uh, obviously I know that you're a PlayStation gamer, like what are your thoughts on this uh, tiered system that they announced? Uh, like, was it within your expectations or did anything surprise you? Like how, or how are you liking it overall?
3: Um, nothing like really was surprising about it since we were kind of also told it was just going to be a rebranding, which pretty much was, So nothing really changed. They just kind of renamed it um, because PS Now wasn't doing that great. So this kind of gives them the ability to say, hey, PS Plus has, you know, add in the PS Now and PS Plus together, you know, might have like total of like close to 50 million. So it looks better in comparison when they're just, they can just compare that directly to Game Pass. Um, It also kind of increased the price for PS Now because you're not given a uh, and or or kind of like you are with Game Pass. You can do Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate. Um, so if you don't play online, you can get all the features pretty much of Game Pass almost uh, by just using the $10 a month version. But with PS Plus to actually keep what you had, you have to pay 120 a year instead of 60 a year because you're forced to buy PS Plus. Which that was a perk before. It used to be, you buy PS Now and you can play it online uh, without paying for PS Plus. Um, now that's kind of gone away. You have to either you're paying eighteen, almost eighteen dollars a yeah, about eighteen dollars a month, or you're forced to buy one, pay one twenty. And the only thing with doing the upfront cost to actually even make it a better deal than Game Pass, not even a better deal, but like just you know as cheap or somewhat less expensive they're at that point you're having to give faith into a service when you don't know what games are going to be in there whereas game pass you you kind of know like hey well, at least all their first party games the drop day one are going to be there and you know there's going to be some third party unknowns some you do know some you don't but you know the first party games that they've laid out in the coming years that they, they've announced are coming you have no guarantee of what's coming so it's like you kind of have to like invest in the service for 120 for the year to make it worthwhile and then hope you get good stuff and when they a lot of times when they put their first-party stuff in there it tends to only stick around for a few months at least in the past so you know it's, it's definitely not as good in that in that regard um, but yeah I mean that's kind of all it is is a, a rebranding and it gives them the ability to if they need to adjust on the fly later if they see like okay Starfield's really blowing up this year and doing numbers on Game Pass and people are just like hey you know how am I able to play this you know hopefully it's a high quality game but something on the level of like a a Skyrim if you see everybody's playing that and they're and people are seeing they're like wait I can just pay for Game Pass and get that oh okay and it makes it a really big impact, then that kind of gives them the ability to like, okay, well, maybe don't put God of War in there, but maybe we drop a smaller title, say like a, a Ratchet and Clank or a Returnal or something like that. Returnal is going to be in there, but like a game like that day one that they could drop in, that's not like a huge, you know, their huge Megaton hitter like, you know, God of War, God of War Ragnarok would be <clears throat> if it was in their day one. So, um but otherwise, it's it's. I just don't see the the appeal because I like who the who is this service for? If it's for the hardcore, hard all the hardcore uh, fan base for Sony has all those games that they're putting in there. They already have more than likely the Returnal and Miles Morales. Like Miles Morales sold what? I think it's close to like twenty million. Like it sold ridiculously.
4: Yeah, um, it so like All of them PS4. already
3: have these games. So ps 5 fits for the casual time. is the casual paying 120 for this? I don't think so. So I don't know who's this for. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm curious like again how they're again they're structuring it and I mean they already do have uh again like a a group of like 20 games that people can download for three for free through playstation plus i'll be curious to see if they'll be expanding that at a later date um they got some pretty good games in there but just kind of is a no-brainer to compete with xbox or at at least put in like all your ps4 exclusives day one i mean i don't see why not uh like you know just have them all available uh, to, again, to PlayStation Plus users, you know, have that library there and be like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's worth it for a lot of people, in my opinion. Um, I know Cru- Crusader that you had chimed in a bit earlier, but, uh, like, overall, like, I mean, they still, you know, Xbox, you don't have to pay for cloud saves, you know, they still have the cloud sa- uh, storage on here that you have to pay for, um, you know they got you know the it just it still bugs me honestly that PlayStation 3 games on here are streaming and they're advertising exclusive demos i mean we still get demos on Xbox every now and then but it's like demos aren't really a thing that you know they just kind of you don't see that anymore to be honest with you you don't see that. It just, it's so much easier just to like download a game now from like game pass and be like, Oh yeah. You know, I'll play it for a few minutes. I, uh, you know, I don't really like it that much. Cause you know, I get to try out at least the full game anyways, the full, a full sample size. Um, like, do you have anything more to like to add to this?
4: Yeah. So, um, I don't want to tread over old ground too much. I- I'm upset about the PS3 games. um, it's not the easiest thing in the world to like the the clean room developers who are not using any of Sony's source code have done a fairly good job at creating an emulator over the course of like six years um it's 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 not the simplest thing in the world to do They were trying to do some experimental tech on the p s through the IBM I'll tell you what uh IBM was they were trying to revolutionize processing and to a point they did, but it's impossible to program for, um, and th- because they did not have a good uh, like uh, compatibility layer between the hardware and the actual software that you're trying to run, and that was ultimately the problem, and th- that's what's still leading to the problem today. Because even though RS, what is it? RSPCS3, the I think is the emulator name, or RPCS3 or something like that. Um, it, uh, it, it it can launch uh, just about every PS3 game, but almost a quarter to half of them crash. They, you need tweaks for almost every file that's being run. So it's not just as simple as make them do it, but I'm mad that it's been what, how many years was the PS4 out? Eight years now? Nine years? And we're two years, almost, we're a year and a half into the PS5 and they still haven't haven't come up with anything? That that's frustrating and it's also very frustrating that there's still so many ps1 through three first party or sony like sony published games missing people probably anyone who follows me in chat you have to know that every chance i get i tweet angry tweets about how ratchet and clank is missing right <laughs> every ps2 ratchet and clank is missing and my favorite ratchet and clank fifth favorite game of all time tools of destruction is missing and there's no real word on if we're getting new uh backwards compatible games in this i have to go through the list of ps now they said i think 340 uh ps1 through 3 games are going to be in the service i have to go through the list now and see how many are currently in the list because I don't know if that means we're actually getting new ones. And if we're not, that's super disappointing. Um, But I I do want to comment on a few things that I did like about it. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, I did like that they have a yearly bundle price. That is something that Xbox misses. Mm -hmm. We do not have a yearly bundle price for Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, and I wish we did um that that is something that i think that you know it's a small thing but it's something that we can say hey sony's doing something good here right they're like that is a good pricing strategy i wish we had that Mm -hmm. because i uh, i I think it was centurion who was saying that uh or, or was it uh shock who was saying that um uh you know buying it from the year up front is risky well with xbox we 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 generally know you know what i mean we know we're getting day one stuff we've seen maybe this year it's a little risky for the first half the year whatever but i I would still like that option because options are good having more options is is good you know what i mean um and another thing that i like is the concept of the tier 2 where it's games plus the online service and i think that's something that we miss on xbox Because you go straight from Raw Game Pass to Game Pass Ultimate, which is Game Pass on every platform, including cloud and EA Play. I think we need a tier of Game Pass in between that is just Game Pass plus gold, right? No EA Play, no cloud, no PC. And put it in the halfway point in price in between. Um, Because again it comes down to the options and i i think that would be a more powerful onboarding option for some people who don't really want all of the stuff that ultimate offers but still want to bundle their gold with game pass does that make sense
1: oh yeah yeah uh, we need more tiers of Game yeah <laughs> pass. they should overhaul it
4: Yeah, because I think there should be an entry point where there's an entry point for cloud, an entry point for PC, and an entry point for console. Right now, we're missing the entry point for cloud. We have an entry point for PC and console. And then Ultimate is the perfect highest tier. It's you are the power user. You are fully integrated into the Xbox ecosystem. You play on the cloud. You play on PC. You play on console. And we have that. That's what Ultimate is. But we don't have that middle tier where you're kind of getting perks of, you're getting some of the perks, but not all of them. And that, that's something we definitely need. And I, I think that's, I, I think Sony did a pretty good job of creating a, a, a nice three tiered structure. I think the, I, I like MLD had said at the beginning, I think the highest tier needs a little bit more oomph to it, but uh, they're, they're their division structure is is fairly good um i myself am probably going to end up getting this the second tier um Mm -hmm. and the third thing is consistency and this was touched on by some other people here but there is no promised consistency with this platform the it doesn't have to be day one. You don't have to be day one to make me happy and subscribe to this. I, I don't need that. I am very happy with it on Game Pass. Don't get me wrong. And it, it is what makes Game Pass so freaking great. Yeah. <laughs> but we don't even have that EA Play style. It's coming at most in 12 months. You know? Because with EA Play, you, you're guaranteed every EA game is coming to EA Play at, at most 12 months. Most come at 6 With Sony, it's like, they'll come sometime, lol. You know, like, (laughs) it's, and, you know, we've seen with PS Now this year, well, this past year, they put Last of Us 2 on the service and then it left. It didn't, first party game they put on the service and it didn't even stay. So, I'd like to see more consistency from the service before I truly am on board with it. And that's something that's true for any um, streaming service, you know. If it was Disney, has such a consistent drop rate of new shows. Now you might not be all in on them if you don't like superheroes or Star Wars, but there's like always a new show starting on Disney. You always have a reason to stay subscribed. Uh, with with this with PlayStation, they could have that, you know. They don't even have to do it day one, but they could have it at a point where like this month, uh, you know let's say a year from now, God of War Ragnarok is dropping into the service after it's been out for six months. Oh, and a few months later, this game's dropping into the service, you know? But we we don't have that promise of consistency. So it, it's hard to... It, it's hard to feel for the service without that promise. And maybe they have that plan, but they definitely haven't told us about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be nice to know, you know, get around the vagueness of when their titles are, are going to drop, right? Um... I mean Yeah, I mean, like you said, EA even has something, yeah, like six to eight months, their newer titles will drop in there eventually, right? And there's like a you know, a general rule of thumb, like again, like a six to eight months kind of thing. Whereas Yeah, I mean Sony just doesn't really give a clear indication of when their first party games are gonna be dropping into the service. So
4: plus even has the same promise. I believe there's two tiers of Ubisoft Plus right now, where mm. there there's one where it's at a year and there's one where it's instant. So like, but that's a concept that these subscri- the these subscription services have. Even Di- even with Disney Plus, if it's a uh, a movie that's in the theater, it comes on either at forty five or ninety days. I can't remember what they settled on. It got all kinds of weird during COVID, but. The, the, they have an act they they even have an advertised actual structure in in that world. and this is something that that this service really needs.
0: Mhm now coincidentally, um articles now, and this is moving on to Xbox game Pass because again, Crusader, you talked about you know Xbox game Pass, you know I could use some tier updates, some updates to different things. Well, You know, coincidentally, an article came out from uh, Windows Central's Jess Corden stating that there will be an Xbox Game Pass family plan that's in the works, that they're already working on it. And, you know, according to this, it'll have an additional five accounts to one subscription paying for this uh, family plan tier, which is, you know, I mean, kind of nice in my opinion. I mean, MLD, I mean, do you think that it's uh, good that xbox is addressing this because again a lot of people you know they want to you know have access to this but it's like oh you know i uh, you know it just kind of makes sense it's kind of like with a netflix account right or uh, amazon prime you know sharing an account between a couple of people
1: oh yeah for sure um i mean I, i'm tr- i'm a little uh i'm wondering how they would actually be in be worked out in terms of like the revenue sharing and whatnot but i feel like there's a lot of potential to uh yeah to to uh, increase the subscriber count maybe like if you want yeah multiple gamers uh separate accounts in the same household yeah it'll increase it'll increase the consumption of it yeah and yeah, all the stuff that comes with that again it just uh yeah it's a matter of how it it's act it's act, it's actually gonna work out like yeah like i'm trying to i'm drawing a blank right now with, with the plan but i feel like if they do it right it can really help them out mm-hmm
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, overall, I think it's a pretty smart move on their part. And, again, just, you know, updating the service, add a tier for that. And I think you'll get, uh, you know, a lot of people into that. And, you know, anybody who is hesitant who, uh, you know, they got a lot of people in the house. Uh, you know, they have a couple of different accounts going. Everybody, you know, has different tastes. It's like, you know, for the games that they want to download. It's like, okay, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But, uh yeah, you know, overall guys, I mean, I I do like that PlayStation Sony is getting aggressive that they're updating PlayStation Plus. And you know, you like to see that with the industry, right? That it's moving along. Uh, I will be curious to see if they announce any other details uh, coming up to June, you know, a little closer to that with regards to the service. They're does you know it does seem a little lackluster in some areas but i am glad that you know they do have some nice things in there and some of the price points are pretty decent it's just you know maybe it's my bias but it's just i do love the whole day one thing with xbox titles and you know there's a few other things in there that uh you know there's some nice extra little perks there with the, the xbox game pass ultimate to say the least but, again, we will uh, see in the coming months uh, if there's any other details coming to with uh, PlayStation Plus. Moving over, guys, to some other news. And, you know, we all basically saw this coming, uh, but this year's E3 has been officially canceled. Now, back in January, they had announced uh, switching from an in-person event to digital only. Now, there's emails going out to various outlets and companies stating that the now digital events are completely canceled. Now, moving on down the list here, uh, Crusader, Bud. I mean, I'll hit you up on this first. Obviously, it sucks that this has to happen again. They're saying that they'll be back in uh, 2023 next year. But do you think that they'll be able to recover uh, from a, fee- a few years of being on the sidelines? Because, you know, it's been a couple of years now, and publishers just might want to do their own things now. They're not going to be back.
4: <laughs> I'm going to say it straight up. Uh, I believe E3 is dead. Um, I-, I do not see... The only reason I could see an E3 surviving is if the big two that are still backing E3, which would be Nintendo and Microsoft, ultimately choose E3 to back. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. Uh, they don't really need E3 itself anymore, the, the same structure of it. And I think... Um, the ESA was putting too many restrictions on it and they were just running it poorly. Um, I think we will see a very similar event come out of the ashes. I, I think we're going to see uh ultimately Jeff Keeley create something and I I think every year it's gonna get better because this year's summer of game summer game fest was better than last year's. Or you know, you know what I mean. The the twenty twenty one Summer Game Fest was better than the twenty twenty Summer Game Fest. Wasn't great, right? but it i i don't think it had the backing that he wanted it to mostly cuz E3 still existed and people like square and warner brothers and microsoft and nintendo were more there than they were with him um i i do think that you can expect a microsoft show to fall in the same time period late may to early june um And I think they will do it in partnership with uh, Jeff Keighley, at least loosely this year, right? Where it'll be listed as an event on the summer of games, you know, his summer game fest website will be listed there as an event, but I don't think he'll actually be hosting it. I think it'll just be a show on the floor of Microsoft's, um, uh, Microsoft's uh, stage in um, Seattle. Or Redmond. where 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 are they, Redmond? I always forget. Yeah. It's um. Redmond. Yeah. The, the, you'll have the 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 floor showcase there, right? Um. I, I think if you're an Xbox fan or even a Nintendo fan, expect their normal June showcase still. Just expect it to not have the E3 branding. Um. And I think uh we will see the same thing with most of the showcases they may merge a little bit like square enix may not run its own showcase square enix may lend off games to xbox and nintendo and playstation and maybe even like the pc game show or you know those those other shows that exist but um i think we're still going to see a similar structure albeit maybe a little bit more spread out Throughout the summer, all with like Jeff Keighley's branding that he's not going to actually make them pay for. Um, And I loved E3, but as someone who didn't go to E3, there's no real difference for me if the show is being held digitally separate versus with the E3 branding, right? It's just like the the E and the three that are the the only difference for me now. So mm-hmm. as sad as I am to see this pillar of the industry go, I think it's its time.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I totally understand what you're saying but just um i would love to have that experience i remember like we've talked in the group like before like you know before all this crap happened that oh yeah you know we'll meet up at e3 you know we'll go to the microsoft conference and this conference and oh yeah you know we'll go to uh uh this bar and so on i just you know the whole just you know i would love to have those interactions right with all the other content creators and, uh, different show hosts. And, you know, again, all the personalities from the different studios and publishers just, I I would love to see that intermixing, um, for myself at any three event. And it just feels like, uh, it's going to, you know, you're going to be missing out in a lot of ways. So.
4: Yeah. Um, I, I do think there's a chance that we, we still have that kind of in-person event with Microsoft, Um, specifically because look at how many publishers they're going to control, right? They're going to have Xbox Game Studios, Xbox Global Publishing, Xbox Cloud Publishing, Bethesda Softworks, Activision, Blizzard, and King, right? Seven publishing units. Having having a two-hour show might not cut it in the summer anymore. They Mm -hmm. may do a... They could probably do a two- or three-day kind of mini-event themselves, and if they're going to do that and they're going to set up all the time to host that, well, why not invite someone like Ubisoft? Why not invite um, someone like EA? Why not even invite someone like Nintendo and Sony, you know? Microsoft doesn't really... The modern Microsoft has partnerships with them and does stuff with them. Like, look at Banjo-Kazooie showing up in you know Smash and all of the other weird things that they've done with Nintendo, right? So, you know... We we could see a, not, maybe not Microsoft-led, but kind of like even the big publishers at the forefront of hosting some kind of new event instead of it being in the hands of the ESA with, with the amount of growth they're all seeing. It, it's the wild, wild west of who knows what could happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I hear you. No, and that's also a possibility, too. I mean, well, there's many possibilities, Um MLD but I know that I don't I don't know if you've ever been to any of the events but um, you know it was something that I was personally looking forward to attending obviously as I was just stating earlier um it, it's a shame but uh, like do you see e3 recovering or do you see like other shows like what Xbox does with uh, its different showcases do you see like an expansion of that do you think e3 will? Know, go away and there'll be like an explosion of other shows what, what are your thoughts
1: well they did say that they're taking a break this year and they'll come back stronger than ever in 2023 but uh i have my doubts about that it feels like the last few years e3 just didn't have the same uh punch as it used to i mean i mean let's be honest i i i've been talk. i was talking about it before the pandemic I want to, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, to my wife to maybe go down for the weekend and just actually be there at the Xbox conference. Because, you know, I feel like it's just it's just a different energy to actually be there to see this uh, announcements in real time. And overall, E3, is uh, it's traditional to a lot of gamers. That's just like the Christmas of like of gaming. So everyone just has all these thoughts associated with E3. But I, the more I'm thinking about it now, uh, lately, I feel like they, it's, it's overchar- they overcharge publishers to even be there to set up their booths. When really, uh, we, can all, we all, 99% of us are all watching at home anyway. And if, if they do their own digital event in June, which we know they will do, then nothing really changes. I mean, if it's going to be the same show just independently with, with Xbox, then ultimately it's the same result with us. But I think E3, it's more, yeah. Like I said, it's more like nostalgic. It's more traditional. People, it's just the, it's just the feeling of like, uh, the idea of just everyone just coming. To, the gaming industry is just basically all eyes are on you at the at, at one point in time. You feel like you're part of a of a greater thing. I think it's just that feeling, and hopefully they can recapture that uh, next year when that happens. I would like to go next year if uh, if they make it open to the public. So. Uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But as far as as far as this year goes, I, I'm still looking forward to their early June showcase. But like uh, the other panel members said, uh, they have yeah, they have so many studios now. Like I, I think yeah, we have what QuakeCon. They could that could that could be for Bethesda. You got BlizzCon. That'll be for Blizzard when the when the acquisition acquisition goes through. You can't do it all in just two hours anymore. <laughs> there is no way uh, Xbox is getting too big for that now. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to now more I think this will lead to more independent shows throughout the year, with or without E3. But um yeah, I hope it comes back. Well hopefully it comes back and gives us all a reason to really to really watch it and tune in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair assessment too. I mean, Xbox does have a lot of publishing arms now. It's amazing. Obviously you can't cram everything into, like you said, a two, two and a half hour show you can expand it all over the year i mean that's not even counting like an exo event and other things it's uh quite amazing or again the video game awards and so on there's all kinds of different avenues to go here uh centurion i'm curious about your thoughts like obviously you know it sucks that all of e3 is getting canceled here but there will ob- obviously be other events like jeff Keighley's. uh uh was it summer of games which uh, he just coincidentally kind of uh stepped in after the announcement of that um you know what do you think is it a bummer to you or do you think that again other publishers and other shows are just gonna step in here and uh fill in the fill in the holes
2: It's definitely a bummer. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, we all have our memories growing up. It doesn't matter whether you read about it in a magazine, internet article, watched it live on some kind of stream somewhere. E3 has been ingrained in gaming for a while. Like, I mean, E3, yeah, regrettably has come and gone. Um, once before but this is probably going to be something that they might not be able to recover from i keep reading that they used the pandemic as as regrettably as an excuse they they were not ready to have an e3 this year and they took advantage of basically by just trying to say that that this was i forget how it was referred to but the, it was basically that they spun it that it was due to what was going on right now when it th- there was other reasons that at fault. Um, But this is going to also open the doors because like E3, let's face it, it started off as a developer conference or more like a tech conference for people in the industry to, to showcase their, their products that they wanted to put in the store shelves for the next year or later that year. Um, And it, it grew into something much bigger. And then we started having fanfare come in and, you know, having fanfare totally changes The dynamic of something you know you want to talk about what happens when something goes to an all digital event with no fans at all you you know go back and look at the the wrestlemania for 2020 um drew mcintyre fought his ass off to get that moment that that wrestlemania moment just for him to find out that his wrestlemania moment was going to be held at the training center in florida with not one person in the crowd and that's a very interesting WrestleMania to watch. You don't have that crowd energy to get you excited for something that you're watching. Uh, same with the game reveals. I mean, you do some of the world premiere and you all of a sudden see a game come on that. Everybody automatically knows what it is. And you hear people clapping, screaming, uh, yelling at Keanu Reeves that he's amazing. I mean, it's just stuff like that, that, you know, having an in person, audience gives you on screen. So everybody feels like they're part of the moment together. When you don't have that, it's like watching a sitcom on TV. You know, it is what it is. It's just entertainment it doesn't feel like a group event. And I really feel somebody like Jeff Keighley or another company will be able to take advantage of that. And with with the vacuum that E3 would create not being there, maybe somebody like Jeff Keighley would come in and decide to create an in-person event. Uh, like imagine Summer of Games um, going to being an in-person event somewhere where there's a live event. It becomes like E3. We have like a full week of gaming or, or a weekend or something like that and Jeff Keighley is able to capture that in-person energy that everybody's wanting, and we'll be able to have those moments. Those are the moments I'm looking forward to when it comes to an E3-style event. Being able to sit down with people. I've chatted for years about games and not had one moment to physically shake their hand or even hug them. There's there's great members in this community that I am entirely grateful for for, to be able to hold conversations with that just need a good old-fashioned hug. And I mean, we're not going to be able to have those connections. I, I mean, I remember talking to Tim Dogg, hearing about all the amazing things that went down at the bars and the after events and, and the Xbox Live events. And I mean, it sounds like in a very amazing time, something that I definitely want to participate in. And it's very heartbreaking that there is potential that this might not happen on that level and that literally my E3 experiences are all going to be contained to watching it on TV and that's kind of sad
0: well and i agree um to an extent because yeah we've heard tim talk about that megatron downer you know in the past like these are very memorable moments uh that you can't just shake away you know hanging out with different uh, higher ups from xbox talking again to like to phil to aaron to uh mike yabara and so on and like other people from other individuals from different publishers again it's a great experience and just you know talking to them one-on-one just chilling having a beer and so on it just you know really um you know there's a bit of camaraderie in there um but at the same time again we could see other events expanded like uh you know the other members of the panel are saying uh you take like Again, a BlizzCon, expand that even more, have more interactions, or again, expand XO and so on. I know that a lot of people are looking forward to uh, that finally getting uh, happening again. And again, they could take just Xbox's general show, whatever they're having in June or July, and again, just expand that a little more and invite fans to that. I mean, I think that that would be great. Again, just. If you're going to ditch E3, just take the best things that you had from your E3 conference and just reimagine it, um, like, just on your own. Uh, let's see here. Shock Buddy. I mean, I would love to know your thoughts on this. Um, like, what do you think about E3 being canceled here? Do you think that'll make a comeback, or is it just kind of dead in the water now?
3: I mean, it's disappointing, not surprising, but just because Nintendo's kind of, like, not gone to it. Most of the other big publishers can't afford to do it Mm -hmm. um, because they don't have enough releasing to really make make it worthwhile. Um, You know, with Sony backing out of it and leaving Xbox maybe an Xbox, you know, (laughs) here in the future, you know, especially with Bethesda buying up an event (laughs) with... um, and then soon Activision, although I don't think Activision really ever did events themselves, because they would just put Call of Duty on whoever's platform or whoever's uh event. Um, so I mean, yeah, it was, I I feel like I um like I, I'm disappointed that I never did it because that was always like whenever you'd read like EGM back in the early two thousands, um, and it just seemed like this cool like um like you know disney disneyland place um i always wanted to go to and then when i moved to la um and worked at with uh worked at Fry's electronics had the perfect opportunity to do it because i was in burbank um and just never just never went for the three years i was there so like i'm looking back now i was like oh should i could have easily got approved just for you know working at Fries and you know just being retail, um, so I could easily. Usually it was for press, but a lot of times you could easily get in. Um, you know if you're representing like retail, um, especially for like a big big retailer at that time. So, um, but otherwise, I mean everything's going digital anyway, so it's like it's not really going to change much. So it's it's hard to get that amount of people there when it's not needed any longer and everybody's like pretty much doing their own thing or backing out of it. So to, to rent something like that, like the, at least the traditional location they've always had, it's, it's just hard to afford that when there's no need for it. <laughs> and you, you might not get the turnout anyway um, to actually, you know, uh, rent that space out because they're not going to give you a discount because you're like, hey, we want to hold it here, but you know, we're probably not going to have the amount of vendors here to actually front the cost for that l- large amount of space. You know, their rents they're still going to be asking for the same price <laughs> or more than what they used to with inflation and everything going up. So, yeah, it's sad to see it go, but that's either it's just going to downsize to a much smaller venue if they do it the traditional location in the future but otherwise it looks like pretty much everybody's doing their own thing now which makes sense you can just do it like a what nintendo does and gives you a direct feed get your message out and then um it's cool to get get those players you know get people um playing the games but with especially with xbox now being one of the few ones that actually would still go you know with game pass you're putting all the games in everybody's hands anyway day one so (laughs) they're gonna try and give it a go anyway so like tunic or something you know stuff i whenever i'd see tunic shown i would be like yeah it looks kind of cool i'm just totally not gonna ever play that game and i've been playing a ton of hours in that game so (laughs) it goes to show you so
0: yeah speaking of which have you beat it yet because i know you were talking about the bosses in, in the chat
3: uh not yet um, there was one boss that I was just having some trouble with trying to get the, um, I beat the librarian or I think it's a librarian that I've seen people have trouble with. I did that first try. Um, and I was just, I figured out a way to cheat this, not cheat the system. in at least I feel, cause if you're playing it on steam, you're probably able to just back to your save file. But if you die on a boss, it takes all of your, whatever you Consumables you used on that boss, they're gone. So it's like, and it's not like a roguelike, but they don't give you those back. (laughs) So it's like you'd either have to farm for those and get them back to use again, or you can just uh, turn your Xbox to offline mode (laughs) um, and then make sure your save was already synced to the cloud, go to offline mode, and then if you die, you can just. You know delete any of your save data <laughs> on the console and then just reload uh reload the uh, cloud save back to your console again so i'm gonna definitely go in there and just try to finish that out but it, yeah i think it was at the um i think you have to do those like kind of like in uh, zelda ocarina of time where you get those first three elements before you actually get like the master sword um, I beat one of those main bosses, and I just need the other two pieces. So I'm just at those bosses, and they give you a lot of cool like shortcuts where you can go through all the different worlds really quick, um, like portals and stuff. So now I'm just at those bosses, le- highly leveled up, so I just need to go in there and knock those two guys out, and then I can move on with the game. But it's it's, it's a ton of fun. So Because even if you get stuck, don't worry. If you get stuck on that boss, move along. Keep, you can, you know, keep finding new areas, new pathways, new um, things to upgrade to make you stronger. So when you come back, you can, you know, have an easy, easier go of it against that bot. So, but yeah, definitely give that a try if you have mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and as Carlo says in the chat, tunic hacks. Oh, yeah. Shockley's definitely got the leap tunic hacks for everybody. So uh, thanks for yeah, the time, Sarah. Was, uh,
3: <laughs> I was getting upset at that stuff. I'm like, wait, you're telling me I have to... F- because it's not about skill. I'm like, I can just go get those items again. It's just going to be a pain to just farm. So I'm like, no, just let me reload my old save, which if you're playing on Steam, you could easily just reload your old save on PC. You bought an Xbox. It's going to auto-save and eliminate that. So I had to find a workaround because I was getting annoyed by that. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's good to know. Definitely good to know. Nice tip, Shock. Nice tip. Uh, but yeah, guys, I mean... Like, I, I would definitely love to go to E3 sometime in the near future, but who knows what uh, is going to be in store. Uh, but we still have all kinds of other shows to look forward to in the meantime, as all the different publishers and developers address, you know, the situation. They probably already planned for it. So, again, we'll see in the coming year or two how E3 works out. But in the meantime, lots of other stuff to look forward to. And guys, remember, if you like the show, then hit the thumb button, give it a like, as that does really help us out, and sub if uh, you haven't done so already, and turn on the bell for notifications, because, hey, YouTube can be a pain in the butt when it comes to it. Uh, Moving on to, well, our last topic of the evening, and there's been a bit of uh, news over the last two weeks or so regarding the microsoft acquisition of Activision, activision blizzard of course that's always in the news because it is such a huge deal uh recently the federal trade commission in the u.s has asked microsoft and activision for additional information as it reviews this deal as well uh activision shareholders there's a meeting taking place on april 28th it's significant considering that if i'm to understand this right if the majority of shareholders vote against it then the deal it might not be completed after all which uh, would be pretty shocking uh centurion i know you like to keep aware about the kinds of like all these newsworthy things here uh do you think that microsoft should be concerned about the upcoming shareholders meeting or is it a nothing burger
2: are we talking about the, the shareholders meeting or are we talking about everything as a whole?
0: <clears throat> well, I mean, we can definitely get into everything. Like first we can start off with the shareholders.
2: Um, Shareholders meeting. This was something that was guaranteed. That was supposed to happen. That's the whole concept of a letter of intent is when Microsoft came out with their letter of intent saying that they were intending to buy Activision. That was them announcing it. A lot of shareholders found out at that same time. Um, and uh basically yeah the shareholder meeting is to basically to do what everyone has the right to do this is a process that is completely normal all the shareholders are going to sit down and vote what for this to happen um now there's the argument that's being said that at times um activision i think even sank to like 60 something dollars a share at one time yeah uh but But right now, currently, the average is somewhere around the 80s. And that's where Microsoft, that's where these shareholders have to basically take and think about the fact that Microsoft has offered them $95 a share. Depending on how many shares you have under your belt, that could be a large sum of money. And for some, though, there, you know, the shareholders could be completely annoyed at the fact that, you know, there's been allegations that Phil Spencer and and Satya Nadala and the whole of Microsoft took advantage of the situation, and that they were just, you know, opportunistic, taking advantage of the fact that uh, Activision had got itself in troubled waters, and that Microsoft was able to somehow drive down the price of of Activision to this $95 a share crap. And basically, you know, some of these stockholders might want to feel that there that there's money being left on the table. So definitely, uh, this shareholder meeting is going to be a very important stepping stone in getting this Activision deal across the uh, finish line. Now, this, <clears throat> not at any time, though, if you thought that, that this Activision deal was going to be signed, sealed, and delivered, and that the FTC was not going to ask for one damn thing, you you had your head way high in the clouds um the ftc was always going to get involved the ftc was always going to ask microsoft to provide more documentation on this deal because it's 70 billion dollars you'd have to be crazy to think that the ftc would not want a little bit more um, insight to what this purchase is going to do, because this is the biggest electronics gaming purchase in gaming history. Of course, the FTC is going to ask questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a big deal for many reasons. Uh, Carlos in the chat saying that uh, the share the shareholders vote against the deal, they will have to pay like something like five billion dollars to Microsoft. Which, if I'm not it's three billion. Can, it's no, 3
2: it's, it's a 3 two. it's 2. I've heard people say 3.
4: If if but, Microsoft is the cause, it's 3 billion. 3 billion okay. to Activision. If Activision's the cause, it's 2 billion to Microsoft.
2: But yeah, that's that, that's what a lot of people don't realize is that this is a contract and if this deal falls through, Microsoft is going to f- basically fork out a very expensive check which would be a nothing burger because th- they would get nothing for billions of dollars, they other than wasted time.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't see it being, I don't know. I can't see it just not closing personally, but you know, I'll have to admit I was actually, you know, months, maybe a half a year ago I was interested in getting some Activision stock because I thought it was kind of cheap, but uh, be- I don't know. I just always thought that Activision was kind of, well, you know, kind of scummy in some way. So I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm going to buy some more Microsoft stock instead. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> um, right. Yeah right. Uh, Crusader Bud. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that uh, the shareholders are gonna vote against it, go with it? Like, what what are your thoughts on this?
4: Well, I think overall it's a non-binding declaration, which means that it's not technically official. Um, however, if they were to vote no it would signal to the FTC that there is something up. I don't expect them to vote, no. Um, looking, for a lot of them, it, it's going to be a large payday versus what they invested into the company to begin with. Because most of them didn't invest in at, um, you know, 80 $70 a share. They invested in early when Activision was worth half or less than what it is now. So this is, for most of the investment groups like Providence, this is going to be a massive payday. because And a lot of people think that um, Bobby Kotick owns like a majority of the company. He does not. He actually owns less than 2% of it. He is just uh, the largest singular individual who owns stock of uh, Activision Blizzard. Um, uh, there's a, quite a few equity firms that own uh, significantly more. And at the end of the day i'm i'm fairly certain they're going to vote yes largely because if they vote no the stock price is likely to tank and tank hard because not only cuz not only is it not going to be propped up by the the purchase agreement which caused it to go from like $65 a share to like 80 in the matter of like an hour um but also as stated, Activision has to pay out $2 billion to Microsoft if it is if, if they are the cause of the default. And that's a huge deal. I mean, Activision's a big company, right? But that's a huge deal. That's, you know, more than 2% of their overall evaluated worth. That includes all of the assets that they own, like the IP evaluation and things like that. So... I really don't see the investors saying no. Um, as for the FTC reviewing it, um, not only, as Centurion and you said, with the this being the largest gaming acquisition of all time, this is one of the largest acquisitions of all time in, in, in any field. So, of course, they're going to be looking at it with a hawk's eye. I also do not see it getting stopped. Um... I do see the potential that they may have to sell off that the, the the deal might be altered within the FTC that they they there might be some things that they have to make uh promises about they may have to uh release something like king and uh release them as an independent organization or or put them up for sale after so long um th- these are not uncommon uh asking points of the FTC and Microsoft will agree to what they think is fair and they will, if they do not think it's fair, they will fight it in court or they will continue to negotiate with the FTC because the FTC can ask for any changes they want to a deal like this. They, they, they can. They could, they could ask that all of Activision Blizzard King's games remain fully uh, open on every platform for 10 years. They can ask that. It's up to Microsoft to say, yeah, okay, we'll do that, or no, we won't do that, and we will go to court with you. Because the FTC in the end doesn't actually make a decision. They themselves do not block a acquisition or merger from going through. If they find that they want to try to stop one, they bring up a lawsuit, and in the end it is decided within the justice system. Now, both the FTC and Microsoft are going to do everything in their power to make it so that it doesn't go to the court system because neither of them want a long and drawn out court battle. Um, un- unless the FTC is trying to make a grandiose stand against um, uh, big corporations, which in this political climate could be the case. I-, I-, I doubt it. I doubt that they will take the stand here rather than something like Facebook or um, uh, Google. But um, I, I, I foresee this, uh, everything that you're seeing in the news, at least in regards to the FTC doing a review and um, the Activision Blizzard uh, investors uh, coming to a vote, completely normal. Unexpected.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think it's going to go through just fine. But, you know, there are these little things that come up that could possibly derail things yes you never know um mld but i mean obviously you know nothing you can't go through the news cycle you know ever since the announcement was made back in january about something dealing with this activision blizzard deal uh with the acquisition by microsoft um like do you agree with what uh, crusader and centurion are saying that you know like uh besides you know some you know there might be some roadblocks, but like otherwise this deal should go through or i don't like do you think that there might be some stumbling points
1: oh i mean they touched on the points pretty well i personally am not worried i'm just i mean this this journey is is very interesting and entertained to follow and we'll be going through all this until at least what mid like e3 next year hopefully it's closed by then that's we, the we start-
4: that's like as long as they expect it could possibly go exactly, um, Yeah. They, they said fiscal year 23 which is june to june
1: perfect so if all goes well if we even a worst case scenario we'll like we'll, we'll reap the fruits of all this labor with like an e3 day one game pass drop of everything but that's beside the point. point point is here these uh, shareholder meeting, I'm not worried about that. Like everyone else here said, it's in everyone's best interest to keep it going forward. So I'm not worried about that. It's more like the, um, I mean, we all expected the U.S. government to get involved on some scale because again, th- this this is like th- the acquisition is, acquisition is just massive. But I think a lot. I was on the Twitter. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter actually, where they were commenting about uh, Elizabeth Warren, like the top Democrat mm-hmm. senator. Making a, a very weird claim, how how working conditions for uh, Activ- Activision Blizzard could be worse under Microsoft, and how the FTC should look into that. And that was so weird on so many levels. I think yeah, it was. Uh, people point out it was just political grandstanding, just politicians just showing that they care, just just showing that just 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 getting their voice out there, just because. But like you. It's just the her statement was just so ridiculous because Xbox, Microsoft, they're one of the best places, if not the best place to work, like in tech, period. Their Activision working conditions cannot get worse. They can only get better. Xbox's HR is like some of the best in the industry. So I don't see the any, any false claim that uh, this merger could actually be worse for the workers. And also the FTC does not investigate workplace conduct. They only investigate the the commerce, the business side of things. So, I feel like this is a lot. A lot of people are they're putting the magnifying glass to this thing, maybe a little more than I expected, and it's all definitely entertaining. But ultimately, it's still going to go through because uh, I mean I'm not an expert in all this stuff, but I'm just going based off the facts. Uh, like say with King, with Candy Crush, Xbox as a brand has almost no presence in the mobile space. I mean, they got like a free, free-to-play free Forza kind of Forza game on on their fo- on the phone. Like not really much presence there. In terms of PC, the Windows Store has little market share compared to Steam. So inheriting Battle.net and uh, World of Warcraft, stuff like that, like that would make them more competitive in the PC space. In the console space, they're behind Nintendo and behind Sony. This would actually, actually level the playing field in terms of the console space. Like I don't think they'll have to make many concessions at all. I mean, beyond Call of Duty stay multiplied, I, I think that's the, that's the main one, which I think yeah they've already confirmed that they're doing that. So,
4: we're, can we're I gonna jump go on the, a, uh, the Elizabeth yeah? Warren thing real quick? Yeah, sure, sure. And so she and three other senators wrote a letter to the uh, to the FTC. Yeah. Um, I, I thought we were going to be talking about this in a little bit. That's why I, I held off on go for it. Um, yeah. bringing yep. it up, but um i do think that she worded that message very poorly because it makes more sense in the context of that letter in that um they feel that because the uh because of the terms of the deal, specifically um the payouts that the upper management are getting, that workers in general um are losing some of their um uh, potential bargaining power in general throughout, like not just the tech industry, but all industries, because the the people who made these bad decisions and allowed the bad like things to happen at the company are getting essentially off scot-free. And it's not so much that things will be worse for them directly under Microsoft, that working for Microsoft will suddenly you know they'll be working in the slave mines, but rather that um uh that their ability that their their individual voices and ability to stand up to upper management and bargain together could potentially be harmed in general and the reason that the FTC would then be allowed to review this is because of the payout terms of the uh of the deal to those um people who were uh like Bobby Kotick and a couple of the other senior um leaders at Activision who would essentially be getting very large payouts because of uh the amount of shares that they own and just the terms of the acquisition deal. It's a very very sh- long stretch for the FTC to review, but it's not necessarily without uh outside of their realm. Oh yeah.
1: I I did like I did like read that statement overall though and it does seem like a reach regardless. Yeah,
4: it-, it is. It is. Um, but it's not quite as as silly as it sounds at first glance. But I, I also agree with you. I think it's silly.
1: Yeah, the tweet was definitely not worded properly. No. But yeah, overall though, yeah, uh, I, I think it's all gonna go through in the end. It's just gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun ride regardless. And seeing all the reactions on both sides, each side is like hoping yeah, once one, the Xbox guys hoping it goes through and the PlayStation guys hoping it stops. And doesn't it gets blocked? It, it, this is quite this is quite the generation, guys. <laughs> Nothing quite like this kind of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it is kind of interesting. Again, you see these four Democrat senators just come out and express concern over this Microsoft purchase of Activision. I mean, really, the interest is for Microsoft to come in and clean up. You know, that's why a lot of people are thinking, right? Because again, Activision <laughs> Blizzard, like. You know, everybody knew, like, that it just it needed a good, uh, you know, cleanup, like, get some of those uh, higher-ups out of there, like Kotick and so on. I mean, okay, there's talks about him getting a payout. There was a rumor of that once uh, you know, this deal goes through. But, again, we don't know. We don't know anything yet about that. But, you know, the thing is, yeah, Expo, uh, Microsoft here has the chance to really clean up Activision Blizzard because, well, again, things aren't too good over there. But then again, I mean, if you I don't know if you guys heard about the whole ended labs thing. But, you know, Oh yeah. Yeah. So,
4: that's funny that that they are having the opposite problem that they had what was it like 5 6 years ago where they have given they've given their studios too much free reign, yeah. That they aren't monitoring them enough. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. It's they they they're they need to find a balance point. Yeah, that's what I got, too. But then
0: again, I, I just don't trust with, uh, Kotaku with anything, so I don't know what to believe, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one thing, like, you look at, you know, this and, every, you know, you want Microsoft to come in and uh, clean up shop with Activision Blizzard, but then you hear about how they're very hands-off with, again, Undead Labs, and uh, I guess even 343 Industries to a large extent, you know, people want them to be like, hey, you know, guys, can you, uh, you know, get, you know, get your crap together here? Like, come on. So, I mean, I, I do like them being hands-off, but it's a matter of, you know, knowing when to step in. So I'm just kind of wondering what's kind of going on here with the organization, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, for I, I totally agree. They should be. They should have a little more of a middle ground in terms of like game development cycle. Hands on. That's like, yeah, they, I think they gotta find a good middle ground there because I feel like this generation now, even though they have so many studios, I'm finding that the development cycle is gonna, is gonna be longer for every game as compared to last generation. Which hey, it is what it is. But I feel like in terms of the Undead Lab situation, I feel like their HR should. Their HR is like a phone call away. I feel like, or an email away. They shouldn't. If people have complaints, hands on, hands on, or hands off or not. Like, you find that number for that Xbox Microsoft HR. You you make the call. You make the complaint. So I, I don't. I don't see. Yeah, I don't see how this was overlooked. Like if if they know that they had the resources to uh, to, 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 to anonymously complain or complain uh, openly. Yeah, it was all. It was all confusing for me to read that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like Kotaku, oh, sorry, Kotaku does put out like some pretty weird articles too. And I, don't know, I just, I, I'll be honest, a lot of the times I don't really trust their sourcing, in all honesty. So, and then you had what the former head of the studio come out and he knew that they were going to put out this article. They contacted him and it just, you know, he tried to get ahead of it, you know, t- uh, speaking about it and so on. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, it's just more about like, I, to me, I, from what I, I read in between the lines was like the studio, it, it went from being so small to once Xbox purchasing them just growing to uh, to a point where it's hard to, uh, to manage at the same time. So, you know, I guess that's why we also haven't gotten a lot of details about State of Decay 3 as well. Uh, because so, it, I guess it's been in, uh, you know, they've been trying to reshape things at the studio. So, growing pains, I guess you would say. But, uh, you know, you gotta watch out for these kinds of stories. Uh, but, uh, Shockley, buddy, I would love to know, uh, your thoughts here on this whole, like, again, the FTC checking up on Activision and so on. Like, um, obviously they want more information from both Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. Um, with this whole shareholders thing coming up at the end of April, um, like, do you think, uh, like, do you feel certain that this deal is going to go through? Uh, Do you agree with the other guys on the panel or do you have any different thoughts? Shock? Hmm. I think Shock's having a nap here. But, uh, I don't know, guys. Like, I mean, personally, I don't, think that it's such a. I I can i can just see it going through personally like i haven't heard anything really negative i mean sure you got these uh people in the government that are chiming in on it but otherwise i mean again to me this thing would be this deal would be again a, a huge benefit to all the employees at activision blizzard there's a chance to clean up shop here improve uh like workplace conditions the image of activision and blizzard as a whole and so on and just you know, make better games too because again they were not making anything like new there was not- nothing really new coming out of them it was just call of duty and uh what diablo coming and over and uh overwatch and so on but um uh, well, I just have to see here, guys. But um, you know what? I think on that note, I think uh, like I don't know if shocky there. Okay, all right. Well, I think on that note, guys, we'll uh, start closing closing things off for the night. And you know what? I gotta say, it was a fun talk tonight with the gang on a wide range of uh, array of things, including E3 being canceled, PlayStation Plus getting. Well, revamped, upgraded, whatever you want to call it. And of course, U.S. officials, as we're just talking about looking into the Microsoft buyout of Activision, uh, Blizzard, and more. We talked about a wide array of things. And of course, uh, you know, we had a dynamite crowd tonight. Lots of really awesome people in the chat. As always, it's just great seeing you here and just, yeah, the banter just going on in the chat below. If you guys enjoyed tonight's chat, the show, then please consider leaving a like, subbing to the channel if you haven't already, and sharing out tonight's show across various forms of social media. With all that said, guys, let's wrap things up and go to the outros. And I will start with Centurion, pal. I thought you had some really great points tonight. You were really well-spoken. Where can all these fine people follow you at? Uh, well,
2: uh, thanks, gentlemen. It's been a great Sunday night. Awesome conversations. Thank you to everybody in the chat that was there to join us. And thank you to everyone joining us after the fact. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button. And for those interested in finding me, please find me at Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and of course, Twitter. And you can find me every Sunday night with this group of amazing gentlemen right here on the TXR podcast.
0: All right. All right. Well said, my friend. Uh, Moving on down the list here. General MLD, buddy, I thought you had some really good points tonight as well. Uh, Again, you know, you just solid overall some solid talking points uh where can all these fine people follow you
1: ah, thank you thank you uh mostly active on twitter uh at mld ghost and my gamer tag is ghost you'll try you'll find me trying to figure out how to play crusader kings 3 properly so uh yeah looking forward to next week and uh we'll, we'll keep i'm sure xbox will keep this uh news train going
0: Mm-hmm. no doubt no doubt i think we'll uh, learn some stuff in the coming uh, days for sure monday is usually a good one <laughs> um oh, yeah. yeah so i would not be surprised uh moving on down the list here crusader hey man you had a great show tonight uh, again you had some really well thought out uh, ideas and opinions and whatnot where can everybody follow you at
4: Everyone can follow me at Crusader3456 on Twitter, where you will see me uh, do in-depth like, just discussions on the news or things that are on my mind or games that I'm playing. And You can also find me on Reddit, the same username, you slash Crusader3456, um, where I do a lot of uh, discussions about leaks and rumors as well as Destiny content.
0: All right. Yeah, guys. Definitely check him out on Reddit and uh, follow his social media. It uh, looks like Shock had to uh, bail. Uh, hopefully he comes back. Um, uh, yeah, and guys, just so you know, obviously uh, Tim Tim Doc couldn't make it, unfortunately. Uh, he had to do some stuff, but he will be back next week. And to close out the group, uh, you all can find my content on youtube at invader gaming as well you can follow me on twitter at invader underscore one eight eight six i also got uh you know some other stuff on, on other media sites just uh, check the description down below for that good chat tonight everyone and i'm already looking forward to next week's show i mean again uh news usually drops uh bright and early on monday so uh, tomorrow we'll probably have all kinds of stuff to look forward to to talk about later guys have a good one